Yes, hello one, hello all. Welcome to the Politics Mostly podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. And first of all, I just want to say thank you guys for making my last podcast my most downloaded one yet. I broke down um, the Trump CPAC speech with guest host Ryan, uh, (laughs) who is definitely of a different political leaning than I am. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if we have another podcast moving forward, how that kind of works out. Uh, The feedback has been mostly positive, so I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. But I want to talk today about two things. First of all, I want to talk about why Republicans run political races on non-political issues. Let me explain. Has Did anyone catch the most recent Sarah Huckabee Sanders campaign ad? She was the former press secretary for President Trump, um, and now she's running for Arkansas to be the Arkansas governor. I will save you the time of watching the clip, and I will uh, just, here are some of the highlights of them. Ready? Quote, the radical left solution is to impose government control and censorship from the top down. She cast herself as the, quote, last line of defense uh, against uh, Joe Biden, maybe? It wasn't really clear. Um, (laughs) Then there is a Hannity Chiron of Democrats embrace Venezuelan-style socialism, in all caps. That's on the uh, campaign ad. Then she promises to be, quote, politically correct, while then declaring that she, quote, took on the media and their cancel culture, and then the camera pans to CNN's Jim Acosta asking her a question. So, yeah, Jim Acosta asking questions at a question-asking meeting. This was the point of the ad. Now, the ad left me a little bit curious, right? I mean, the main message of the front runner to be your governor is media bias, cancel culture, and political correctness. I mean, it must mean your state's doing pretty well if those are your biggest issues. So what do I do when I'm curious? I go on the Internet and I look up some stuff, right? Here are some facts about Arkansas. Arkansas ranks 48th or 49th in average income per capita among different states, depending on the survey in the year. Sometimes they're second to last, sometimes they're third to last. But hey, they're better than West Virginia. Arkansas has a violent crime rate of 5.44 per 100,000. Is that good? Well, it's 47% above the national average. They're ranked 48th in education as measured by percentage of population with a college degree. Only 23% of people in Arkansas have a college degree. But once again, better than West Virginia. Good job, Arkansas. They have stagnant population growth. They're 44th in life expectancy. I mean, blah, 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 blah. I could go on and on, right? It's not a nice place. We all know what Arkansas is, and we also know what Arkansas isn't, namely a place I want to live, okay? (laughs) Poor, dangerous, uneducated. Arkansas needs some help. They need policy. They need legislation. Luckily, the frontrunner, Huckabee Sanders, is talking about jobs, programs, access to health care, education issues. No, she's not. She's talking about 
political correctness, cancel culture, and media bias. And by the way, media bias... Maybe this will be a separate podcast, but media bias doesn't really exist in the way it gets portrayed it exists. There's a pro-click media bias where you know companies are trying to get ad revenue and more more people clicking onto the site. It's not really a liberal bias, but uh, that's another podcast. Don't worry. Now, this isn't really a Sarah Huckabee Sanders thing, an Arkansas thing. It's really a Republican thing. You know, Trump headlined the CPAC's, uh, the CPAC conference uh, this weekend. The title of the conference was America Uncanceled. You know, Hannity, Tucker, these people... Uh, their monologues seem to exclusively focus on these issues. Um, they talk about like conservative censorship and technology, what you can and can't say anymore. Now, this has always been interesting to me because political correctness is not a legislative issue, right? It is a can't. It is it is a war that wages in the background. It's a culture war, right? Like what? A governor can't stop media from having various biases, right? Like, what Arkansas state bill could stop a bunch of left-wing people on Twitter from boycotting a brand? They can't, right? They can't. These are not legislative issues these people run on. Political correctness, cancel culture, I may not like them. You may not like them. Most Americans may not like them. Everyone except the 3% of people on Twitter may not like them. But they're not legislative issues. There's no way to politically fix these. These are culture issues, right? Um, Cancel culture isn't why Arkansas lags behind almost every state in health indicators or wage growth. Political correctness doesn't explain why less than a quarter of Arkansas's population has a college degree. The media isn't why Arkansas is one of the most dangerous uh, states in the country, okay? The antidote is policy, not right-wing battle cries. More bills, fewer slogans, okay? Arkansas has fallen behind, and the culprits aren't coastal elites or shadows on the wall, but they're failed policies of a state government that can't seem to attract human capital or or investment for generations now, okay? Republicans insist on running political races on non-political issues, and the results are not good. The results are Arkansas. I have nothing against Arkansas or its people. You just deserve a governor who, who can identify the problems you face. In other words, you deserve someone else. Okay, my second and final topic for today's podcast is what the hell is the GOP doing? <laughs> Seriously, what are they doing? The COVID relief bill passed the House of Representatives today. And it had zero Republican votes. I respect them, the Republicans. I do. Not their policies, which favor the rich or the angry or the angry rich, or their politicians who proved spineless during the Trump era. But I do respect their game, the establishment, the old boys club, the party that blocked President Obama's Supreme Court nominee saying it was too close to the election, only to usher in President Trump's nominee after voting in the next election had already begun. You hate it, but you respect it. It is a brazen pursuit of power, a minority hell-bent on ruling. you got to give it to them. You may hate them, but I respect them. Normally, Republicans pick their fights well. 
which is why I was so surprised that they're uniformly against the COVID-19 relief bill. Not just that they're against it, but their opposition is so strong that they're literally willing to die on this hill. Let's consider the bill's popularity. A month ago, 59% of voters approved the bill. That's a robust majority for sure, but there's still some wiggle room, right? Two out of every five voters had reservations about the legislation. Okay, you can deal with that. Republicans are really good at getting minorities of things, such as vote share. The GOP war machine went to work on that. Party leadership and well-placed media hits began calling the bill, quote, Pelosi's payoff to progressives. Score one for alliteration. Talking points were framed. Uh, Talking points framed the legislation as nothing more than a collection of non-COVID-related left-wing policy proposals. The Kochs got involved. They started funding um, ads attacking the bill's size in places like West Virginia uh, in in an attempt to persuade moderate Democrat Joe Manchin. So what are the results one month later? 59% last month. What are the results this week? The bill's popularity, according to the same pollster that conducted the first survey a month ago, has increased to 72%. (laughs) Republicans spent a month attacking the bill, and the bill has only become more popular. 72%. Imagine that. 72% in today's American politics. Could anything get 72% these days? I'm not sure 72% of Americans could agree on anything, let alone a massive legislative effort totaling about $2 trillion. A hypothetical bill guaranteeing newborn puppies to all those who seek them wouldn't even garner this much support. The popularity of the bill is probably because it's full of popular individual um, aspects, right? Stimulus checks of 1400 rental assistance, supplies, extending unemployment benefits, child tax credit, more money for the PPP, um, there's money for restaurants, bars, and venues, there's money to help schools reopen. So... Yes, the bill would help struggling families, but it would also help end the year-long scourge of the coronavirus. There will be a moment, perhaps this summer, maybe later, where a euphoria will take hold in this country. People will be free of the constraints of the virus and safe from the danger it caused. Democrats will enjoy the political benefit of this moment. Republicans will not. Are there any particularly compelling reasons to not support this bill? It seems that the GOP resistance to this bill comes down to two things. How big it is and aid to state and local governments. Let's start with the local aid. Right, there are there are uh, propositions within the bill that help struggling state governments shore up its finances that were that took a hit during COVID. The Republican thinking is essentially that blue states are poorly run, blue states need bailouts whether or not the pandemic happened, and red state tax dollars shouldn't bail out blue state incompetence, right? So of the 15 states that are most dependent on national funding, 14 are Republican run. The only Democrat one run state among the top 15 being New Mexico. So maybe red states are the ones that are poorly run. The local aid isn't random. 
it is a specific amount for a specific problem. COVID devastated state economies, and this money will just shore them up. Besides, red states are getting checks too. Shockingly, and I was really surprised when I read this, state and local aid actually polls better than the overall bill itself. A morning consult survey found that 74% of voters, including 65% of Republicans, believe the federal government should be responsible for, quote, helping states during the coronavirus pandemic, end quote. Even very liberal governors like West Virginia's has uh, come out uh, in defense of the COVID bill, very liberal being sarcastic. In terms of the overall size of the bill, yes, it's large, but the price tag is just the sum of the individual parts as listed above, nothing more, nothing less. Simply put, it's a big bill because it's a big problem. Normally, I understand Republicans. No, that doesn't mean I agree with them or endorse them, but their shrewdness is laudatory. They pick their battles well. But this opposition to COVID relief bill, this I do not understand. Okay, that's the show today. Thank you guys so much. I really just wanted to talk about why I find it so funny that Republicans run political races on non-political issues like like political correctness, cancel culture, all these things they love to talk about, when in reality a lot of the states they run need help, and those those forces, while we both may not like them, aren't actually causing any of the economic depression or, or violent crime in their states. And secondly, I wanted to talk about why um, I don't understand the Republican opposition to the COVID relief bill, especially when they normally pick their fights so well. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to be trying to get these shows out to you guys more often. Thank you for continuing to listen, to subscribe, to download, to refer to your uh, refer to friends. Um, I really appreciate you so much, guys. Have a great, great day.